This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to another Waterfowl Wednesday on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast brought to you by, you know, nobody officially yet, you know, it's only Goose 71 tech. episodes deep, you know, give us some time. God damn. <laughs> Goose tech, son. The Goose Tech app, you know, just things Nick J profits from. Mm-hmm. Nick and, uh, J, uh, the Nick J uh, Goose Call from Pacific Calls. Signature series. And we got a half hour to think up some other sponsors here. You know, people live their whole life in the outdoors, you know, wanting a signature series something or other. And, and you have one. Yeah. It's kind of funny, too, that I got one for a goose call, considering my whole life I've been a competitive duck caller. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Well, did you teach a lot? Yeah, like all of a sudden, uh, you know, just years and years ago, I was doing duck and goose calling lessons, and the goose calling lessons just went so much better. Well, I just had way more to offer in that arena, you know, as in like original type content that was actually helpful. Right. Like there was just either, either like all the instructionals out there for duck calling are already pretty damn good. Or I just could not think of any way to add to it. Cause I had some duck call lessons go real bad. Hmm. I was yep, going to ask and, you if you're planning on doing a duck tech. Yeah, actually. I am. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually been doing stuff li like lately, like writing out a bunch of notes and stuff like, all right, I've got to put my nose to the grindstone because actually they do have a duck tech app 
um, that is out by um, Got Game Technologies. And Barney Califf was the uh, the host, you could say, of the Duck Tech app. And uh, I bought it. It's five bucks. And uh, I went through it all, and it was just real, um, you know, short to the point. Like, hmm. Well, there you go. But you're not good. Are you making one? Sorry about that. My uh, mic unplugged. Oh, no. Technical difficulties. Technical. Oh, so there is, there's a Duck Tech app already? Yep. I, there's confused. a Duck Tech. Or you're making one. Nope. Duck Tech exists. Barney Califf oh, uh, went up. Okay. He flew out to Idaho and uh, made a really good, um, made a really good instructional. But it's just kind of like hail call, greeting call, feeding call. The end, you know, and uh, they wanted it, Barney to put it together a bunch more content like decoy spreads and hunt strategies, weather stuff. And uh, I, I can't speak for Barney. I, I don't know why it just didn't work out. Maybe they couldn't come to an agreement, but they ended up buying Barney out of uh, Duck Tech, which it still exists. It's still a good app for a guy trying to learn a duck call. It still has the same it has the sa same features as Goose Tech, like where you can record yourself and play it back. And like listen to yourself compared to Barney or yourself compared to real ducks, but uh, yeah, now they were they just kind of asked me like, hey, we want to keep going on Duck Tech, and Barney's not going to keep going along with us. Um, well, what would you say? Would you be interested in that? And I was like, hell yeah. Oh, so you are going to, but you're you're talking in circles. We're on board. There is a Duck Tech. I think I track now in existence. It, it, it exists. You're going to continue it. Possibly. I haven't signed a contract okay. for that yet. Oh, okay. But they asked me if I'd be interested in it. So, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? Of course. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, yeah. I, Barney actually introduced me to Got Game Technologies. Um, uh, he's the one who passed my name along to them about be, doing a goose calling instructional. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I was at uh, Burlington in 2018 or 19. I can't remember the year, but Barney was emceeing a contest, and he said... Makes coats. And he was saying, hey, uh, buy my Duck Tech app. And I was like, Barney Califf did not make an app. Who the hell made a duck call? <laughs> Who the hell made a, a duck call instructional with Barney Califf? And he was like... Oh, it's these guys named Got Game Tech, and they flew me out to Idaho, and uh, we it, it all went together really well. And I was like, what? So I went straight to my hotel room, downloaded Duck Tech, and then I talked to Barney, and I was like, dude, I I am the goose guy. He knows I've been doing, or had been doing goose calling instructionals, like one-on-one -on -one with people for years. And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, I know you've been doing it. I'll pass your name along to him. And then one day out of the blue... I got a call from uh, Taylor Tibbetts, the owner of Got Game Tech, and he's like, Barney Califf tells us you're the goose call guy. Well, networking works. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No. You need a, a, a spec tech app and a snow tech app. You never know. <laughs> just take just take over the waterfall app world. Well, there was a universe. big empty space there. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and you get to travel to Idaho. 
Yeah, a couple times, yeah, and got to meet a bunch of great guys and I think put together a really excellent product. The sponsor of today's podcast, the Goose Tech app. <laughs> that was like the longest commercial ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you obviously haven't sat through one of my full lessons because that's way longer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a commercial. Dude, I, I, different. I legit had lessons go like into the two and a half hour range. Wow. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, I got to pee real bad and, and eat. So maybe we can pick this up another time, you know, but they're fun. Or they're just not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, Damn it. Get it right. So anyways, uh, yeah, I'm getting geared up to go to Oklahoma. Me and um, That's right. That's coming up pretty fast, isn't it? Yep. Starting, I think our first group is Saturday. Or, no, it's Sunday. Our first group starts hunting Sunday, so we'll hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Or maybe That'll it's be Monday. That always looks like a real damn good time. They have been crushing it down there this year. and uh, Really? Well, we get another cold snap. I don't know if that's going to help them, but... I imagine it will. Ducks their way. Um, They always do really good on ducks. Larry's got the duck game dialed in real good down there. And that's what we focused on. Or that's what we have been focusing on with our customers the last sure. couple of years, just because it's just such a laid back, sure thing. But they've actually been doing really good on the little geese this year, too. I've seen a lot of piles come out of coastal wings. And how long are you down there for? Uh, we'll be down there uh, hunting for six days. Sweet. So we do a, uh, just a group of six guys that book three days and then another group so it's just everybody hunts with the same people all three days and uh, heck i think i think it's 1200 bucks to come hunt with me and joe in oklahoma that's a damn good deal i think it's a pretty good deal and lodge looks like it's amazing lodge is pretty darn cool it's it's just a it's just a very functional lodge you know like uh it's almost laid out like a boys camp you walk in the front door and to the right you got a big cafeteria to the left a big tv lounge area a back room with a bunch of pool tables and dart boards cards and you know a poker table and then you got the wings like you go off to the side of the building and that's where all the rooms are and there's like every corner of the every corner of the lodge has a, a bathroom in it with two toilet two stalls two toilets two showers in each one and uh while, Are the while, toilets facing each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, let's not give away all the camp fun secrets here. <laughs> but uh, while you're gone, uh, Larry has like a, uh, you know, like a hotel maid comes in, cleans up the rooms, fresh towels, you know, cleans everything. It's run like kind of like a hotel that way. It's awesome. Uh, who, so you got a cafeteria there? You, you on your own, or they feed you? They're like no, a camp th- cook. Three, uh, three meals a day. Uh, so every year that we've ever worked or been there, gosh, this has got to be six or seven years now. Miss Cheryl has been the head chef, and uh, she does a damn good job. Sweet. Yeah, him and or not him, her and Larry go out to like Sam's Club, Costco, come back with like a truck full of food and. Um, yeah, it's her job to get up at like four o'clock in the morning, have breakfast ready by five. Um, she'll have lunch ready when we all get back from the morning hunts and then dinner ready. And then I tell everybody to bring snacks in the meantime, you know, cause if you get back mm-hmm. from like scouting or hunting or screwing off or going to the casino or whatever at night and you're like, damn, I'm starving. When's dinner? It's like, 
it's in 90 minutes. You're like, fuck, you know, like, yeah, it's, you just the one thing about having three meals a day is you, you don't get to it's typical breakfast is at five, lunch is at noon. But sometimes just depending if, it, you know, whatever she's cooking might take a little bit longer. So just sure. And you're in such a rural area like there's no like going to the gas station for a quick snack, like bring everything that you want have it in camp so there's no going to 7-eleven for a soda or a red bull or a snicker bar like you should have everything you would want with you well i mean that's like any hunt ever right bring your snacks i mean that's you just go out there with nothing that's foolish right but i mean it's all inclusive so some guys might hear like oh three meals a day i don't have ah. to bring any food like you should definitely bring some chips and some trail mix <laughs> yeah. You know, just something to to limp you along to lunch if if it so happens. Like, yep, it's still I'm still working on it. Be ready in 45 minutes. You're like, you know, right. fuck. I wish I had something to nibble on right now. Yeah, well, I'm fucking hungry right now. God damn it. Exactly. Well, this is starting to t- turn into another commercial. We got here's another sponsor for the show. Coastal Wings Outfitters <laughs> and Coastal Lunch. Coastal Wings Outfitters. Check them out. <laughs> Although, don't call now. They're full. <laughs> do it next year <laughs> yeah book next year for the nick and joe hunt yeah you should or the, just get on the wait list early or just book with larry he was telling me that they they are uh pretty full these days though i'm trying to remember last year you guys did you get into widgeons pretty good down there yes <sighs> man that's enough to get me down there I, yes damn the widgeons are just beautiful especially the time of year that we're going to be hunting i'm like we're hunting yeah. the last week of january I'd be on a trophy widge hunt for sure. The best widge in hunting is in dry fields. And God, some, so it's fun. almost like, it's almost like a wood, like a, you know how when you hunt a silage field up here in like early October, mid October, and the night before, like you didn't even see any wood ducks go to it, but all of a sudden like, bang, you guys shot like a limit of wood ducks or maybe like five wood ducks out of nowhere that morning. Mm-hmm. That happens down there, but with widgeons. Oh, sweet so like you might have a goose feed you're watching it it's you know a couple thousand little cackling geese they're in a really tight little ball and you're not re- you don't see any ducks you're scouting it right. you might even scout it for a day or two and you don't see any ducks and you get the decoys set up and like we just tell everybody be ready at legal because we don't know if these if the widgeons might come to party and they come to party so i had a guy message me um about the podcast and he he hunts the little geese and he disagrees with your uh opinions on flags which isn't anything new a lot of people do but do you amend your opinion on them at all for little geese like when you're hunting you know when you're setting giant spreads where it's more like a snow goose spread i have i have had guys who hunt little geese exclusively or snow geese most violently disagree with me about the flag (laughs) but But you're sticking to your guns (laughs) i i still i just can't i can't bring myself to put something into a spread that doesn't look realistic and i say that knowing i also use silhouette decoys which are two-dimensional so there's a little bit of a contradiction there but i just i'm my inner battle with flags is more of um it's not that I don't think they couldn't work, but it's like, is there a point of diminishing return? Whereas you spend all this time hiding and then 
you wave a giant sign saying, I'm right here. Well, here's the so thing, like, too, about where, what a lot of guys do when they hunt little geese or snow geese is they hide, like, in a big mass of decoys and socks. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of guys will even use those tall stakes so the, the stakes kind of, or the decoys kind of bulge over their bodies and they just tuck right in there, whether it's all white or even all Canada socks or Canada full bodies. Like, guys just do this technique quite a bit because those fields down there are so flat and the geese are just in these tight little balls on them anyways. Like, it doesn't look unnatural for you to put 500, right. like, it, like, if you use 500 socks as your hide, like, that's not uncommon. And it doesn't right. even look unnatural. Like, geese really do sit that close to each other in the field. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, I've seen snows pack real tight before. Right. And then they're wearing all... Like, it, it, they'll do this even hunting dark geese. You'll use, like, three to 500 sock, white socks. Everybody wears white. Then you get up in there and tuck up underneath the white socks. And then people will flag from there. Um, yeah, we've done that in the fall in, in North Dakota with success. You know, you run a small white spread, and you've got your darks, too, and then you just lay out in whites amongst the snow goose uh, decoys. And, man, we I mean, we've had the darks come in super close doing that. And I i think what I would like to try, kind of, is um, more like those clones or snowbot decoys. Because those actually look like a goose flapping oh opposed man, up, those clone decoys look so good they look like the thing about the thing i just can't get over with a flag is it just it just doesn't fucking look like a goose and uh those snowbots and those clones certainly do yeah i'm not i guess not familiar with the snowbot i'll have to look that up but maybe the that's clones, an older one my god yeah the clones my look great god, right they look real but they're like what 300 bucks a piece or something i'm not <laughs> like, sure because I'm just, I'm such a, I'm such a, uh, I don't know if, what kind of style of hunter you'd call this, but I just want to hide good, put out very realistic decoys, usually, unless I have to run socks or silhouettes for whatever reason. But I mean, the, the real clutch is the sound. That's, that's something Mm -hmm. I've found too with hunting little geese as well, is that sound has to be really true to life. Like, um... Hunting with Brad Cochran for cackling geese out west has really opened my eyes to that. Like, I am not a good cackling goose caller yet. I've been working on it, though. And, like, uh, I've been a really good goose caller since I was 15 years old. And when somebody tells me, hey, Nick, put your fucking calls away. Ooh, (laughs) that hurt my ego, boy. Let me tell you. What? And dude, I, I I've been pra- I've been practicing my cackling calls or like my cackling goose calls for two years now, trying to like and then I, I went back this year last year I went to go hunt with Brad and I was all proud of myself and he goes, ah, we'll handle it, Nick. Just keep him put away. I'm like, fuck Oh no. He goes, dude, the sound is so important, man. It's so and I'm like, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me how important sound is to goose hunting, but I just wish I would have made you happy <laughs> that's so funny uh so what do you think the big difference is uh what, is it like a different cadence for cacklers and no they, people they, people are they speaking a different language people are blowing honker calls at them right yeah it's just a honker call that's tuned like a seven pound honker basically but the way but the way you work it is is similar yeah yes no 
Okay. Well, I mean, you just, like your, you just like your series, like your calling sequence would be similar. Well, people are going, people are doing that thing now too. Well, there's just so much sound people put out at cackling, cackling geese, and that has been effective. But I think you're starting to run into similar troubles that you run into with big geese too, like where. If you get birds that are hanging up, like they can tell the sound's not coming from the decoys anymore. Unless you're in the decoys like a bunch of socks. But it's it's just, you know, at one point, flutes were just the shit. And I think with, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with, let's say, big honkers in Minnesota. They've been getting hunted a lot more. And nowadays, not only have they been, they've kind of heard the flutes, they've also heard good short read callers. And down south with the cackling geese, you're dealing with a population of geese that is start is just getting used to being hunted now. Like 10 years ago, when I went and hunted Oklahoma for the first time for cackling geese, dude, it was it was a little ridiculous. Like the sloppiness you could get away with and the decoys you could run and the spreads you could run and how happy those geese were to come party. Like it was it was fucking I mean, fucking awesome. <laughs> that's the only way to describe it man like it was fucking awesome but they are they are just wising up and when you get you can tell this on years when you don't get good hatches down there and you're playing with mostly adults now it, it's just it's to the point where it matters a lot more now than it did 10 years ago so when you go down to oklahoma are there heavies down there too or is it all little geese no there's definitely heavies down there Okay, so you are you rocking? You got the two side by side. You got your normal honker call, and then do you have a cackler call? Then you're gonna switch off depending on what birds you see. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. We actually like if you uh, put some snow snow goose decoys out down there, like usually the big honk. Like if you're running like 500 snow goose decoys for your hide, it'd be mm-hmm. pretty tough to get big honkers to come in. They do their own thing down there, and there's residents. Um, there's residents, but it's also the very southern end of like the central flyways um giant canada goose like range so you'll get birds that are born in nebraska and birds that are born in like south dakota that will go winter in oklahoma hmm. so you, you'll once in a while we'll find like one or two hundred uh big geese but yeah we definitely have big goose calls and uh here i just i just picked up that little that miniature cackler call this year too this uh it's a built it's literally the size of like a chapstick. It sounds like. <laughs> I hope. Oh wow, that's way higher than the normal honker call. Yeah, I mean that's what cackling geese sound like. At least I hope. Yeah. I'm waiting for Brad. Co- <laughs> At least I'm waiting for ba- Brad Cochran's approval on that. I did not have this. I did not have this call when I went out and hunted with him this year. But, Need cackler tech. But I was using uh like a spec call. Like if you can't get a honker call. That high pitched. A lot of uh, times, you can get a spec call to do real shrill, high pitched clucks. I've used my snow goose call that way before to get real high pitched clucks. Yeah, yeah, it works. Sorry, right. I mean probably not by somebody who knows what one's supposed to sound like. Put it this way: it's higher. It's a higher tone than my honker call, and it's it's hard for me to get a, a true gauge on it too, because a lot of the times when we're hunting. Um, cacklers down in Oklahoma, we are on the X. And if you are on the X, like we all just know that your calling doesn't matter as much, right? Yeah, you can get away with a little more. Yeah, you definitely can get away with a lot more. I mean, just shut the fuck up and put out your decoys and don't scare them. 
And what are you guys running for decoys down there? Everything from mostly full body spreads. Like, um, actually, uh, Larry runs a like lot how of... how many? Uh, between three and 500. Okay. Um, he's, Larry's got a bunch of those um, Greenhead Gear Cackler full FFDs. Okay. I don't know if you've seen those, but they're literally like tiny, like the size of a football or the size of a mid-continent yeah, cackling I goose. Remember, I remember them. Don't they have a, like a really big like uh, white cheek patch on them, like abnormally large? I can't remember if that's the case, but I think they at one point they might have been called the Tim Newbolds. The Tim, or maybe that was just the lessers. These aren't the lessers, though. These are like the cacklers. And I mean, yeah. dude, he's got like a 7 by 14 trailer. And I mean, you could literally put infinity of those decoys in that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're so tiny. Yeah, they're so tiny. <laughs> so like he'll have a bunch of the snow goose decoys in there. And I mean, we'll set out what we think we need. Sure. But I do know guys what down there, too, that uh, have been running smaller spreads and having good luck with that, too. I've been toying with that concept for spring snows the last couple seasons. Just, you know, more realistic, full body smaller spreads just try something different trends you know trends wise because started off you know you needed 300 socks and you could crush them 20 years ago and then you needed 800 then 900 then 1500 and i ran a pretty big uh sock spread last year and don't know that it really helped me much and i just driving around and looking at other feeds and stuff that were going on i was like i was seeing smaller groups you know that were like, I mean, you still had your big feeds, but then I would see these isolated fields that only had, you know, maybe a thousand or maybe 500 in it, you I, know, relatively small. I definitely know exactly what you're saying. And here's another thing that I've thought about, like going on the same line that you're talking about is like, if you're talking about running 150 or 200 nice full body snow goose decoys, that's manageable for you to put out mm -hmm. and do solo hunts right. and when you're with snow geese too i think they're very very keen on seeing the hunters so it, oh for sure so if you can do like 200 full bodies or even 100 by yourself but you're hiding just you i think there's some really good snow goose hunts to be had i mean and who's to say like a 15 bird snow goose shoot by yourself isn't an awesome snow goose shoot. That's an, oh yeah, that's an awesome, especially if they're giving it up and maybe you shoot a little shitty, you know, cause you get excited. Like, and at the end of the day, <laughs> you end up with like 15 or 18. You just had a fucking crazy good snow goose hunt. Yeah. Cause I, you had a lot of volleys to get there as if just shooting one gun to get up to 15. I mean, you, that means you had multiple groups coming in and doing it pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you got or a steady, one or a good steady stream of singles and stuff, you know, Ex whatever. Oh, but. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Plus, I just, it's manageable for one guy. It's not only is it manageable for one guy, it's manageable for one guy to move frequently. Mm -hmm. As long as you're staying out of it, the mud. I think it might even be advantageous for, you know, bigger groups to make sure you got a good hide. It just... I don't know, something I want to toy with, you know, even guiding down there, you know, South Dakota, just to see how they react. Because I just think these geese have seen the big spreads now. I just don't think they're as effective. And, you know, we've talked in the past about, you know, different trends, you know, and silhouettes came back on the scene and, and people had success with them. It's like, well, but the geese hadn't seen them in a long time, you know. And now that everybody's running them, I feel like their effectiveness is kind of waning a little bit. Maybe it's time to get back to smaller... Full body, you know what I mean? Like just 
trying to think outside the box and just not doing what every other field has set up in it. I think it's a fascinating thing to think about because how many times have all of us gone out and set up too many snow goose decoys? You know, like where you're there more, and you're like, more times than not. this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I don't even, how many more do we have? Like, just four more bags. Like, why? Like, fuck this. And then what do you, yeah. what happens at the end of the day? We got 11. Yeah. You know, well, that's or, what happened to me last year. I accidentally put out like 21, 2200. Um, socks. I wasn't counting. I was just, we got out there early. We, it was me and my buddy, Austin, we were just putting them out. And I had, my plan was to put out 12 bags. And I don't know who, I didn't pack these bags. They came up from Missouri, Arkansas, or wherever. And so we put out the first six bags because that's what fit in my, my big otter sled that I drug out there with my wheeler. And I went back up and got six more and put all them out. The spread looked great, but didn't really realize how big it was till it came time to pick it up. Then <laughs> we started counting and putting them in the bag. I was like, holy fuck, that's a lot of decoys. Yeah, like whoops. And and can't say that it that it really helped me that much. Right. And I wish th- that's really where I could I wish I could run the same hunt over um one day mm-hmm. from the next. Like, all right, we put out two thousand socks today, we killed twenty six. What right. if we would have just done two hundred full bodies, and all of us would have been in much better spirits? This would have taken two hours less work, pick up and set up, and uh, what would we have got then? If you know, like, if you got twenty six, what did I say? Twenty six birds with all the socks. Mm-hmm. What number would you take less for such a much easier day? Yeah, would, would, would 20 be enough? With 20, yeah, with 20. With so much less work. With so much yeah. less work, exactly. Like, yeah. at one point, like, at some point with putting out all those socks, maybe you did shoot let more birds, but at what point did, and then did you, how much extra work is it per extra bird? Right. Put out 200 full body, nice full bodies, sell the other 2,000 socks, and get some clone decoys. I just run straight clones. <laughs> <laughs> well, at 300 bucks a piece or whatever they're at, 200 a piece or whatever. They're, they're not cheap. I know that. I have a buddy named uh, Richard Kiefer, and he uh, bought, I think, 10 dozen DSDs and was doing solo hunts with them. Whew. Uh, 10 dozen DSD snows, and that's all he was doing. And he's, I think his name is uh, Keith Glass on Instagram. He uh, makes and sells his own uh, all, like pipes from glass. So all mm-hmm. of it, all of his uh, Instagram is just making pipes and shooting waterfowl, and that's what he that's does for pretty, his that living. Sounds like a pretty badass Instagram, actually. It is a badass Instagram. <laughs> he's a great guy too, and uh, we were talking, and he said uh, he invited me to come hunt with him and over those ten dozen DSDs, and I couldn't for some reason. I think this was two springs ago. And I was like, "But how's it been going?" And he says it's been really tough convincing my buddies to do it, <laughs> and. Uh, huh. It's been really tough to convince my buddies to um, to just do 10 dozen. But when I do it, it's, you know, like hunting solo. He goes, you don't get as many flocks, like the big flocks, but the fl- geese that do it, they do it, do it. You're not taking like 80-yard yeah, shots. Yeah. I, maybe I'm right. misquoting him a little bit, but I think that's the gist. Sorry if I'm misquoting you, Mr. Keith Glass. <laughs> Call in. <laughs> <laughs> But we should we should do it we should do a we should plan a live like uh call in show one time that might be kind of fun have people give you shit and ask you questions you know 
with how much misinformation I give out on this show, I don't need it. I don't know if we need somebody like calling me out on my bullshit, like totally live. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be fun. We're just going to charge them every time they say, talk about flags. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, uh, me and Joe were talking about doing a podcast. He wants to sit down and have a flag argument with me. Oh, that would be fun. Can I be the moderator? Oh man. I said no beer. We're not going to have any beer. We're just, we're going to have, we're going to have shots of cappuccino until we're screaming over each other. <laughs> that'll take, that'll take five minutes. <laughs> Argument over. I'll win. <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> that would be uh, quite entertaining, I think. Spring Snows is coming up, man. Talking about it just kind of got me a little, a little tickle in my belly. God, yeah. And you don't even really do that, do you? I have. You haven't chased him in a long time. No, but the thought of getting a small spread of full bodies and just going out solo for a weekend kind of almost just made me have a twinkle in my balls. <laughs> in your balls. A little twinkle there. I mean, it would be fun. I think That would be fun because I mean, it wouldn't be miserable. Like, like <laughs> that's the thing about snow goose hunting is how can we all go out there? How can we cut the misery, increase the fun? A lot of snow goose hunters say something really fucking incorrect. And they say, there's more snow goose hunters now than ever. And it's totally wrong. License sales for spring conservation season have been dropping since 1999. Since the very first season. And it's, I think it's just because people realize, like, this is not fun. (laughs) This is not great to go out here and get my ass kicked and sell out all these decoys. But like somewhere in me, I just feel like there's a way. There's a way. I must be, I must be the outlier because I, I I like it. Even throwing out a lot of decoys. Now, do I like sitting in mud? No, that sucks. But you find a decent field that's not. I mean, honestly, we haven't had. And I'm probably jinxing myself right now. We haven't had a super terrible muddy year in a long, long time. Right. It was a little money last year a couple times. We had snows and they melted, snows and it melted. But it was like it only lasted a couple days. And then the fields would dry out pretty good. You know, the upside of all the tiled fields is they do dry out pretty fast. <laughs> I think so. What's your, what are uh, some tips you have for guys to increase the fun and decrease the misery with snow goose hunting? I have one that I've been telling people for a while, and that is. Just keep your schedule kind of open-ish on, in March. And when you see like that, when you see that weather pattern coming in for a good push of snows from the south, like sunny, warm front, south winds, start calling dudes with permanent spreads and drive out there and get yourself into a pit or a permanent spread and just hope, just do your best to try to time it correctly and pay the money to go into a spread that's not money, not muddy. And I guess that oh, for sure, I, I would say it's pretty good. And yeah, I mean, if you have that ability and, and the flexibility in your schedule, for sure, look at the weather and, and hopefully somebody, you know, call an outfitter and hopefully somebody has an opening. Right. There's always the risk that like, dude, we're, we got every blind filled for tomorrow. You're too, yeah. you're too late. Yeah, that's always, bugs. that's a risk, but I mean, keep making phone calls. Maybe like that's a good way to avoid the misery and increase your odds of being on a good snow goose hunt. Do you have any other good See, ones? For me, for me, I'm not. Well, what would be a good tip? Um, it's it's hard for me because I don't mind the inclement weather. I don't. I don't really. I embrace the suck factor as just part of it, and I actually don't mind it. 
I th- kind of like <laughs> masochistically like it a little bit. I think that's a snow um, goose hunter. Uh, that's a trait of a of a of a snow goose hunter, and a successful snow be. goose hunter at that as well. Kind of has that trait as in in them. And like having the patience to sit there, you know, all day, and you know, maybe not see much, you know, but take a really good spring snow goose nap, you know, with the sun shining down on you, just like. Until you're woke up by that lone bark, you know. Dude, magic, like, Ooh. magic can happen over those lunch hours. Yeah, it can. I I remember I was two years ago. I was out there guiding, and and my guys got really they they got hungry. It was right about twelve one o'clock, and I kept telling them all day. I said, I think, I think the midday is gonna be magical, guys. If you're going, if you guys are going to lunch, come right back, because. I'm going to grab something, but I'll, I'll be here. I'm, I'm running up the gas station. I'm literally coming straight back because it's going gonna, it's gonna to go off. And they're like, all right, because it was pretty slow that morning. But I don't remember the weather conditions, but it just everything about it just kind of it was like a migration day. We hadn't really seen anything. I'm like, they're going to move today. We just haven't seen him. And sure as shit, like all of a sudden I get back and the birds are just working the spread and I'm I'm shooting birds by myself because nobody's there. I'm waiting for people. I'm sending text messages. I finally call them like, where are you guys at? Like, oh, we ran back to the house and so-and-so was taking it. I'm like, you guys need to be in the field right now. I'm <laughs> shot into four flocks already of less than 15 yards. I told you to come straight back. And that was like one, you know, one, one thirty. Yeah, they, they got back and they thankfully they hit kind of like the tail end of the flurry and they were able to shoot into a, a couple of flocks, but – yeah, they got there, and I had a pile of geese sitting there, you know. I was like, what the hell? I've heard a lot of stories like that where, like, well, everybody went out to this diner, and they took forever to serve. Meanwhile, this old guy sat out there and shot 22 by himself in two hours. It's definitely not rare. I'll have clients that be like, well, we're we're going to stay out here. We brought lunches. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. I mean, generally, we do take a break in the, in the day. Right, just, right, generally. Because you, you just need a break. I mean, you're literally hunting from sun up to sundown. So you go and you take a break. And if you know it's going to be a day that's not much moving, yeah, it might take a little bit longer break. But sometimes you get guys that stay back. They're like, no, we brought food. That's cool. Whenever you want to come back, come back. It's all run up and get it, whatever. And it's not, it's not that rare for me to come back. And they shot four, five, six geese. You know, like, well, we had a couple groups come in. I'm like, that's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. You never know in the spring. No, you really don't, and I and I I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind sitting out all day, and even when I'm guiding, and it's like every single day in March, I'm hunting, and everybody's like, "Doesn't that get old?" And I'm like, no, <laughs> it it just doesn't. I get up, I go hunting. Yeah. Leave the field. It's dark. You eat something, drink two beers, and you pass out, and you do that thirty-one times in a row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, I, honestly, it doesn't get old. I love it. It's it's fun. I, I meet new people every couple of days, if not every day. You know, mix and match in some groups. Like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm certain that I'm just a different kind of individual when it comes comes to that. But as far as like tips on how to make it suck less hiring a guide is a great way to go but if you want to freelance it i would say um don't necessarily have your mindset on an x field if that x field is a fucking shithole mud hole because you are going to get wet and muddy all your gear is going to get wet and muddy and you're going to 
your decoys could be brand new, but by the end of the day, they look like shit because they're all covered in mud. Like, figure out where those geese are coming from if it's not a migration. If this is typical feed, roost, feed thing, find a better field to run traffic on. Even a better and, field with less geese in it or no geese in it. Oh, for sure. And here's the thing. I've seen... So, so many times getting on the X for snow geese is a gamble in and of itself because they can feed in that field one day and be gone the next. Right. You even get that, these like little migration feeds, like where they'll like, you can see birds going to a feed from like 10 miles away. Like they, there's lines and lines going to the feed mm-hmm. and a tornado over that feed for the entire length of the day. Like, but right. the next day they'll either have moved on or actually pushed back south. Like they just pushed up super far north, like on that main push and they'll feed in that field, but then they'll migrate back south. They'll do a hundred miles or 200 miles in a day. And you might just find that spot and be like, oh my God, this is the fucking X right here. And the next day, like fucking nothing comes to it. They're 200 miles south. Yeah. Or they're, I mean, I've seen them change feeds three times in one day from just because they decided to. Right. Not from pressure or anything else like that. It's like they go there right away in the morning, they're there for a couple hours, they hop over there, then they make another hop, and the next thing you know, they're three, four miles away from where they started. So whenever you drove by and saw them in that field, you got permission, then you drove off all happy, like, I got us on the X. Well, the X changed two times. Right. It's almost better just... These birds are just hopping around. Just be in an area. I always thought, like, if you could, like, you drive around... And you, you find a feed. All right, mark that on your your map or whatever. And then find like three feeds, make like a triangle, and then pick the best field you can that's right in the middle of that triangle. The epicenter. That's a, that's a great yeah. tip, dude. The epicenter that isn't muddy. Because you got three separate giant feeds going on. Then there's always some trading back and forth. And that just means you're in, a, you're in the right area. And chances are they're all coming from different roosts. So you're just, you're in a really good area right there. Find a field that's dry, maybe has a little more corn stubble, you know, better for hiding or a good ditch row or, you know, think about your hide, ease of access, you know, you can make it better that way for sure. Well, on that note, you can drive in this nice and dry. On that note, should we wrap it up, man? All right, we can definitely do that. Now that you, now you got me all pumped up about something. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, this episode has been brought to like you it. by a snow goose hunter's best friend, the Fleshlight, now available in three colors. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, it's actually available in ten. <laughs> you can get that alien Fleshlight. Don't ask me how I know. They're a sponsor. <laughs> That's awesome. Who else do we have for sponsors? Well, we got your goose tech. We got the, um, is it no, not coal. Well, coastal, coastal wings, Pacific calls this week. Pacific, Pacific calls. calls. There it is. The best in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm not gonna say that. That's that's I my opinion. That's, I think that's. I think that's good enough for sponsors this this week. And the flashlight. And as always, <laughs> whether we say it or not. The flashlight. <laughs> Whether we say it or not. <laughs> Always in our hearts and in our luggage. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Now I am kind of pumped right, for snow dude. goose hunting. Yeah. Uh, so next week, you're going to be down there? Yes. So should I... Where you going to be able to... If I, if I remember... Do you want to do one down there? Yeah, do if I remember my... Solo one... 
if I remember my microphone, I will. Um, I'll do it. You could do. You could do the flag debate with Joe while you're down. Fuck. There. I think he wants to do that on the Four Score podcast, but oh, okay, okay. But uh, I, I doubt I'm gonna have my microphone and computer with me. But if I do, I will. I'll uh, I'll do something with either with you or solo. I don't know. I'm pretty okay. busy down well, there, you know, like focused on right. Oh no, I get it. That, and eating and sleeping. Speaking speaking of when I'm guiding down there, it's like the the podcast definitely takes a hit. I don't put as many out because I when am I gonna do it? You know, right? Up super early, get home late. You're you're just destroyed. There's no time to do anything else. You mean so you're destroying that flashlight? I need to prepare. I need to have some. I need <laughs> I'm working that, working that flashlight. Well, I do need to. I need to be more prepared this this year and have two of them. Uh, a bunch of episodes like in the can. Oh, I thought you meant a bunch of flashlights. Didn't upload. you say you rub? Well, no, I always say I never leave home without a couple because well, if one goes down, your whole trip is ruined. Yeah, dude, you can, you can rub those walls smooth. <laughs> <laughs> burnt out of my fair share of motors <laughs> <laughs> all right dude we'll chat later <laughs> sounds good bye brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv in wild country rules were not created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment